0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Good morning. Today I want to talk to you about winning in spiritual warfare. And this is so important right now because I believe that there's so many blessings in front of us now. There's so many ways God wants to bring blessing to us. And if you study the scripture, you'll realize that we have an enemy who's always in front of us, trying to keep us from being blessed, trying to keep us from what God has for us, trying to get us distracted, to get us on the wrong path, to, to, to cause us to waste our time and energy on things that are not important or things that are not the best. Um, he also, is, and this is, we're speaking of, of course, Satan. He tries to come to, to hold us back again, to... to Prevent things from happening. He tries to, he'll make us, you know, lazy. He'll make, you know, he'll give us excuses of why we shouldn't do this, why we shouldn't do that for the Lord. And I just want to encourage you today because this is a season of a great harvest. I believe God has put that so firmly in my heart. I see that. I've seen it when I pray. And I do believe there's going to be an amazing harvest of souls coming into the kingdom. I have seen the hunger of God in hearts already in this last year, but I believe it's going to be even much more than that. It's not going to just be souls that are coming in. There are going to be so many other great things that begin to happen in this season. I can't even understand what I'm seeing, but I believe what we're, what we're getting ready to experience is going to be a blessing for so many people. There's going to be an expansion of so many good things right now in this hour and it's a wonderful day to be alive i believe there's going to be a, pre- a the presence of god's going to increase the gifts of god i believe we're going to begin to see demonstrated at a, new, at a new level i believe there's going to be a new level of fellowship and again i mentioned this earlier on zoom but if you're watching this and you can be here uh, you know, I'll just encourage you, get here. We need, to, we need to join together. We need to pray together. There's a power in unity, and I, I really love you being online with me, but I like it even more when you come together with me, and I believe that's God's will. I believe God wills that we actually come together and experience each other. Anyway, I believe that there's going to be a new level of brotherhood, and I'm so thankful for this last season. I have just seen more unity, more connectedness, more brotherhood, more people being together than I've seen in a long time. And this this is the kind of thing that I just believe God wants to develop more and more. I also feel like there's going to be a lot of people entering into their purpose. Um, You know, the the higher call, the next level that God has for you. But um, let me back up here. I want to get back into explaining about this fight. I want you to be aware of this fact that you have an enemy in front of you, and he is trying to prevent you from going where you need to go. He's trying to bring things on you that you don't need to have, that you don't want to have. And the Bible speaks about your enemy. You know, you you might be a really nice person, and you might go, that's not right. Why would anybody be my enemy? Any of you ever thought that? Why would anybody be against me? You know, I'm I'm not even mean to the devil. You know, why would he be upset at me? But the Bible says you have an enemy, and Peter says it this way, your enemy, the devil, and he's against you, he's resisting you, he has an assignment, so to speak, to come against you and to keep you from going forward and doing what God's called you to do in life. We saw in Ephesians 6 recently that that the Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And Paul's telling us, get ready for the battle. Get ready for for what might be in front of you. You don't know, and it speaks of the devil as a strategist. It says that he has devices, and it says that he plans, and he strategizes, and he says, be ready, because there are those times and seasons and days when things get thrown at you, and it's a very real experience. Now, it might look like these are natural things that are happening, but the Bible makes it very clear that much of what happens, even natural things that are negative have been instigated or begun by things that are spiritual and evil that are against us. And we see over and over, this is a, this all over the New Testament. We read it like, oh, a poetic kind of something that's written, but these are very real things. We need to take them as real, and we need to recognize our world is very, very spiritual. And some of our greatest struggles in life, are at the core spiritual in nature, and they're spiritually against us. In Ephesians 6, Paul's telling them how to win in warfare. This is your battle. This is your war. This is what you need to do to win. Paul told Timothy in, in the book of Timothy, he says, wage the good warfare. He's talking about, look, these are, what, these are the things that you're going through in life. This is what you're getting hit with. And you know you've given into this fear you've given to this i'm telling you wage the good warfare paul recognizes this life is a warfare we are not in a demilitarized zone down here right we're in a militarized zone and i know we have someone here that was in the marines right so if you're in a battle right and you're and you realize that you're in a war zone you're not going to be walking around just not paying attention are you because you might get shot right? You have to be alert. You have to pay attention to what's going on. You have to wake up thinking, I've got to be in shape. I've got to be paying attention to what's going on because I don't want to be hit by something that of a sniper, right? And Paul says it's this way spiritually. We have to pay attention. We have to be alert. And we have to begin to recognize where our enemy is, what he's doing, and what can we do to prevent from getting hit. But not only that, to take him out of our territory so that we don't have to worry about him being in our land where we are. Amen? Amen. You see, the Bible's talking about this all the time. And if we begin to recognize we're in a war and we start to go forward with that mindset, guess what? God will teach us how to win. Most people don't know how to win in spiritual warfare because they have never tried. They have never fought. Oh, you don't need to do that kind of thing. Well, okay, it's all in the Bible. It's all in the New Testament. We're told to warfare. We're told that we have a spiritual battle. We're told about the powers that are there. But if you want to act like that's not there and you don't have to even, put, you know, do a thing about it, go right ahead. You're going to make it. You'll go to heaven, right? But I tell you, I want to go forward in this life as far as I can go. I want to do as much as I can do. I want to put a, a dent in the, in, the, in the devil's work just as much as I can. I want to see as many souls come to Jesus as can. I want to see as many people get changed as I can see. I want to go far for God. I want to do as much as I can for God. Man, I just tell you this too. I want to, that's a great blessing. I believe when you get to heaven and you see the impact that you had in this world on other lives, that's going to be a reward you carry forever. You'll see lives that have been changed because you didn't settle for something just little, that you didn't settle just to make it. You wanted to do something big for God. You wanted to expand. You wanted more territory. And it's not just so that you can have temporal things. It's so that the kingdom of God will advance through your life. And man, when you're in heaven, I believe you're going to look back. I believe that's one of the rewards you get in heaven. You, when you've done well, you look back and you see the fruit of what you have done and how it changed other lives. Anyway, go forward. You, maybe you'll say, I don't know how to war. I don't know how to fight. God will teach you if you're willing to engage, if you want to go forward. If you want to see the kingdom advance, start going forward. I heard a guy tell me one time, he, he hadn't been saved very long. And he said, some people don't believe the devil's very real. But I can tell you this, if you ever make a decision to really serve him with all your heart and to go forward and to pursue God, and do, then you'll know how real he is. What he meant was the resistance that he had, you know, um, he began to realize this is spiritual, right? And uh, it's like the, the guy, heard another guy say something like this, you know, um, when he was smoking, he thought that was his decision. But when he tried to quit, he realized there was some other force pushing him And trying to tell him, hey, now the cigarette's talking to him. Say, smoke me. Now the cigarettes seem like they're in charge, right? (laughs) But anyway, sort of like when you try to go the right direction, then you realize the resistance is there. Maybe doors that you gave to the enemy are there. Maybe they're just there for some other reason. I don't know. But again, go forward and God will begin to train you. Psalm 144, 1 and 2, David said this, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He loves me steadfastly. He's my fortress. He's my stronghold. He's my deliverer. He's my shield and the one in whom I take refuge. Amen. So you see, he's got the defensive part in what he said. God protects me, but he's also able to go forward in God and do great things. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, we live in the flesh. We live in the natural body. But we don't war according to natural means. You see, too many of us war according to natural means in everything we do. You know, there's a way to do things, and there's some ther- certain things we just have to do naturally, right? But God's like, your greatest victories are going to come because you have begun to learn how to use faith. You've begun to, who, And by the way, so many times faith is contrary to natural. The Bible says, give and you shall receive. Give and you're going to be blessed, right? Do you know that's... Backwards from our natural, right? How am I going to be blessed by giving? It just seems like I'll have less by giving. Isn't that right? Naturally, you go, I'll have less by... Well, the whole Bible is filled with things like that, where we begin to learn to not use natural understanding and natural wisdom. We begin to use faith and what the Word of God says, and we are able to defeat the enemy not through our natural figuring things out, but by doing things God's way. He says the weapons of our warfare are not, it's not our natural ability, not how we can figure things out. It's not how smart we are. It's not how rich we are. It's not any of that. It says the weapons of our warfare are not natural at all. They are spiritual and they are powerful and our weapons and doing things God's way are going to pull down strongholds of the devil. Wow, that's really powerful, right? Now, I want you to see just through that phrase, our warfare isn't just defensive, right? We have to defend, but you should have a vision in life of expanding, of increasing, of doing something for God. And when he says our weapons are mighty through God, for the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds, it's something already there, right? This is where there's a fortress, the enemy's behind it, and you are attacking the fortress where he already is. Do y'all see that? And the Bible says, God has given us weapons to tear down fortresses or strongholds of the enemy, places where he has gotten root, places where he has put lies up around him. He's put people that he's influenced in that area. He he's got areas where he's like, hey, I've got control here, I've got strength here. You can't touch me. That's what a stronghold is. And Paul goes. God has given us weapons that will completely destroy that stronghold. Satan will be sitting there naked and you're going you, you can just have at it and command them out of that territory. Amen? But you have to do you have to use spiritual weaponry. You have to do things God's way. Now last week, one of the first things we started looking at and I want to get into this again today, but we were looking at um, you've got to recognize, what the devil's doing before before you can actually respond to it right and i want to go through some of the things we looked at last week and sort of restart this message but i want to go a little bit more in depth with what we were looking at okay so we were we were examining what does god do excuse me what does the devil do and and i want to go a little beyond that and see today How can you use weapons against those kinds of things? What are the kinds of things you can do? And I'm just, I'm going to give you some examples here, but it's not like the everything. It's, but I'm just, it, this gets you thinking and you have to, you have to apply truth according to what God says to do. But sometimes you might have been used to doing it one way and God shows you another way, but it's still biblical, right? Or it's still of the spirit. So if you look in Job, Job's not an easy book to understand. Um, but if you look in Job, one thing you'll, you'll see, and everybody probably knows about Job, but I just will tell you a little nutshell. Job had everything thrown at him, so to speak. He had a, he had a season of time in his life where every bad thing that could have happened did happen up until that time. He had a wonderful life up until that time. It was very few tr- problems, but, and he was a godly man. Uh, he would pray regularly. He prayed for all of his children all the time. He was concerned they had offended God. I mean, he was a great man. He loved the Lord, and um, but it, something happened, and and um, it says in Job 1:10, this shows why he was blessed. It says this about Job: uh, someone um, is speaking to God and says, "You placed a hedge on every." died around Job and his household and all that he owns. Okay, you do y'all hear that? I want you to get a picture of that. This is said to God. You, O oh God, have placed a hedge around Job and all that he has, and you've protected him and his family. Wow. That means, well, first of all, it's tr- a true statement, but that means that that can be done. Do y'all see that? Are y'all with me? And guess what happens with that hedge? That hedge of protection gets removed, right? And because of that hedge of protection being removed from Job's life, we see all this other stuff happening, okay? And this, it's really key to understand this because um, we have to understand how to protect ourselves. Now, in the New Testament, guess what? Jesus taught us how to put a hedge of protection around our life. And if you understand and connect that with what happened to Job, you'll begin to realize, oh, it's important that I put a hedge of protection around my life. Now, you may go through every day and don't even realize the importance of this. But if you will awaken to the truth, That you have an enemy continually against you, looking for a weakness in your nature, looking for a weakness in your environment, looking for a weakness in one of your friends that can be used against you. If you'll realize there's an enemy around you, always wanting to pull you down and keep you from God, keep you from going forward, you'll begin to see how important it is to continually put a hedge of protection around your life. And it's so simple. It takes effort, but it's so simple, okay? It's simple, it's effective, it's powerful, uh, but you've got to be consistent and do it every day. You have to put that hedge around you. And how do you do that? You do it through prayer. It's so simple. You see this in Matthew 6, 12. when um, When he was asked, how do we pray? Jesus says, he gave them prayer. One of the things he says to pray. Deliver us from the evil one. Why would you pray that? Because he's your enemy. Jesus saw that. You have an enemy. You should pray this. How often do you pray it? Well, there's another right before that. Give us this day our daily bread. I think you probably pray that every day, right? That's what it sounds like. In other words, he doesn't, he doesn't say just pray one time. Pray that God feeds you and don't ever pray that anymore. No, the way this thing works is you keep that prayer up before the Lord. You have to, you, you, that prayer stays connected with God every day. Lord, thank you for providing for my food today. Thank you for providing for me. And I'll tell you, if you're doing well or if you're barely making it, it doesn't matter. You you better be praying that prayer. That means you're depending on God and not on your finances. When you stop praying that prayer, that means you start to look at your wallet too much. If you, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm making a lot of money. I don't need to pray that prayer. Oh, you're trusting in yourself a little too much. You better be careful. Are y'all with me? (laughs) Lord, I know I have a good bank account, but I'm not trusting in that. I'm just asking you, God, please provide for me today and help me to, when you bless me to help the needs of others. Anyway, and in that context, what does he say? That's where he says, pray this also, deliver us from the evil one. Luke says, deliver us from evil. Okay, those two are the same things, evil and the evil one. All right, so, um, again, what's the evil one doing? Planning, scheming, he's talking about temptations as well, lures, evil, distractions, to distract you, to give you excuses you know, and keep you from being, you know, to keep you groggy in God. Um, So you pray that every day. Now, I want to just say, I just said to do that, but until you make a decision in your heart to do it, it doesn't matter how much you know, right? Do you realize, does that make sense? Do you know that it only is going to take you like a minute or two, right? But you can't, I mean, think about it. Do you think that it's worth it to give God a minute every day in this one thing. But I tell you this, you can't do it in a distracted way. It needs to come from your heart. So in your prayer time, and I'd, I'd encourage you to pray more than a minute every day, I'm just saying this is one minute extra, okay? One minute. All you've got to do is from your heart, ask God and and receive it. When I say receive it, by faith you have to know that God's heard your prayer. When I pray, I don't like, I mean, I don't I think there's probably some effectiveness to just prayers from your head. But I like to, I I like to know that my heart is connecting in my prayer, and I like to feel, yes, I'm pulling on that prayer and pulling on God. God says, when you pray, believe that you receive. Mark 11, 24, and you'll have it. James says it this way, if you pray and ask and yet don't believe, you don't receive it. You see, so you can pray flippantly, but you're not using your faith. You need to believe, oh, I'm getting this. Yes, God. Yes, I'm experiencing it. Thank you, God. Do Do you see what I'm saying? You need to ask in a way that when you finished asking, you believe you got what you asked for. You can't do that with flippant praying. Anyway, so pray that way. Add that to your prayer list every day. God, protect me. God, look after me. God, put a hedge of protection around me today. Um, You know, I know to do this, and I tell you, I'll go days without doing it. And I have to just confess that. But I, I I shared this recently. This is one of the craziest things that happened when I was in Montana. Thursday night, I get this word, I'll just make it short, you know, and it's um, Proverbs 27.1, that just came to my mind, I didn't know what was it, Proverbs 27.1, but I'll never forget it now, Um, that Proverbs 27.1 says, don't boast about tomorrow, because you never know what a day may bring forth, and I knew God was saying something in that, and so, as, as as I begin to pray, I'm like I got up and I told my wife. My one of my daughters was there with me, and I said, "We I feel like God's saying we need to pray about tomorrow. There's evil planned against us, and so uh, we begin to pray. God protect us. God keep us from any evil this plan. And you know what? We were still hit by a car, but I'm, <laughs> you know, that day. And at the end of the day, I almost told Melody. My daughter's almost said, hey, look, nothing happened. It was at the end of the day. And I thought, I'm not even going to bring it up. It's the funniest thing. And then we get in the car we're on the way home and boom, a car hit us. It was estimated going 65 miles an hour faster than we were. And we were going 65 and it hit us from the back. That had been, you know, around 130 if that was so. I'm like, wow. But you know what? We're whole. We're, we're you know what I'm saying? We're alive. I'm here preaching. And uh, I'm very, very thankful that I prayed. I mean, in my whole life, I don't remember sectioning out other than just God protect me today. I don't remember sectioning out a day. God tomorrow, ever. But you see what I'm saying? I don't understand all of that. I don't understand how that happened, why that happened. But I believe it's important that I prayed. Amen. And I believe that there are little things, that kind of thing, that happen all the time. Now, I want to just say this too. What if the hedge has already been broken? You know, uh, for some of us, the devil's already there. He's already got a stronghold in our territory. He's got one in our life somehow when what we're doing. Maybe he's got one in your mind. Maybe he's got a stronghold in your emotion. Maybe there's something that's holding you back. What do you do if you're not praying that hedge of protection? You're going, God, there's already something that's there. Um, I'll just go hit one angle of this today. But maybe you see repetitive problems, maybe a repetitive kind of sin problem you feel like you can't get over. Maybe a repetitive financial thing, you keep getting hit in your finances. Maybe you can't keep a job. For some reason, something happens where uh, you're laid off or the company goes out of business everywhere, you get a job. Uh, Maybe it's in relationships. There's something that happens over and over and it might be, be happening in your family as well. Sometimes things do get transmitted from family lines. You see, it happened back then. Then it happened there. And then, you know, I was um, I was counseling a couple getting ready to go through a divorce. And um, I don't remember how many times they'd each been married, but it seems like around you know at least four each one of them. And um, this is the craziest thing: as I was finding out, um, one of them's had a parent that had been divorced. I think. Well over ten times, like maybe thirteen times. I go, what? I've never heard that. And the other one, the other one, the other one's parents had like it was like nine times, and I'm like, wow. Do y'all not see? There's some kind of pattern working here. There's something of a pattern in your family that needs to get broken, right? And I can remember I've seen patterns in families. Now I don't, for some reason here in Houston. I don't see the patterns as much because I don't know all the families. But where I grew up, I grew up in a little town of just a few hundred people. So you know somebody, you'll know their parents, you'll know their grandparents, you'll know their great-grandparents. I mean, you just know everybody, right? And I can remember seeing certain patterns of craziness in certain families, generation after generation. And I, I see some of you going, yep, yep. <laughs> I've seen that. Maybe you're saying that because you got it in your family too, right? Some kind of craziness. I could list off some things and it's not always pretty, but you just go, you know what? These things have to be spiritual. How do they get transmitted from one generation to the next generation to the next generation? I believe oftentimes... It can be mindsets that are transmitted, but I believe oftentimes these are spiritual things, and we get so used to it. Some people just begin to think I'm always going to be a failure. This kind of thing always happens to me. Once I start to go forward here, then, I, then I'm going to get knocked down and, and and get hit and go backwards, right? These are repetitive kinds of problems, and I just want you to consider maybe there is a spiritual root of something that has planted a fortress and part of your life and that needs to be dealt with. If you look in Deuteronomy 28, you can see a whole list of repetitive problems that come into people's lives because of sin somewhere. Sometimes it was their sin, sometimes it was sin that got brought into the family, and I believe it can even happen in some way you don't even know how that thing got there, but the point is you have to trust and believe God that there's going to be a breakthrough out of that thing. We call those repetitive problems curses, which is a good name for it because that's the opposite of blessing. God doesn't want you to have curses happening in your life. He wants you to have blessings happening in your life. He doesn't want to have repetitive problems showing up on your, your, you know, your doorstep all the time. He wants you to have repetitive blessings. Amen? And uh, anyway, that's just, it's a really powerful thing. Now, if you realize that there's already been the hedge of protection broken in some area of your life and the repetitive problems, this is what I'd encourage you to do about that. First of all, renounce any sin. It's possible that you did something wrong somewhere along the way and the devil got an open door into your life. It's possible somebody... Before you in your family did something wrong and sort of brought that thing into your family, into your home, it was just there. You see what I'm saying? Whether you did it or not, I just say, God, any kind of sin, did it, whatever, is at the root of this, I renounce it. And you have to, by the way, renounce sin anyway. I hope you've all done that because if you don't, you're giving Satan a little loophole to get into your life in that area. You know, people think they can play around in certain areas. Oh, I'll just do this. You know, that's not important. It's a small thing. No, you've just given the devil a foothold. You you gave him a toe in the door, right? And he stuck his foot there through your disobedience, and now you can't shut the door. And guess what? You're going to get tired trying to hold that door one day, and he's just going to come right on in, right? Anyway, so first thing you need to do is close the door. You know, there's certain things I just wanted to... This came to my mind, and perhaps it's for someone today, so I thought I would just share it because there's certain things uh, people get involved with, they just think it's fun. But it's not just fun. It's spiritual, like the occult, right? Occultic thing. Getting your palm read. Getting your fortune told by someone. Going to a psychic. um, Astrology in the zodiac, Right? Now, I know God can speak through the stars, right? Uh, revelation 12 sort of does something like that. But people, when they're into astrology and the zodiac, that kind of thing, you know what they're getting into? They're getting into same, it's the same kind of spirit as fortune telling. It's not from the Holy Spirit. It's not asking God and seeking God for revelation on, God, what is that? Is there a message in that constellation? You know what I mean? It says God shouts through nature, but no, not the way it's done in astrology and the Zodiac and all of that. What are you doing? You're you're yielding your life to the devil. You're giving him an open door. So I would want to encourage you. Have you ever been a part of that stuff? It might you might not have felt one thing, but let me tell you, you better renounce that just and clean it out. And anything that came alongside that thing when you submitted to it. Any words that have ever been spoken to you by a psychic? If you ever called one of those 900 numbers, I don't know how they do it anymore. That's how they started out doing that business. You know, now it says, I remember when I grew up, if you had sister so-and-so, you know, it would be like a psychic or something. And I got saved and I was in a church where they called people sister and brother. We didn't do that in church where I grew up when I wasn't really serving the Lord. So I'm not trying to say when you serve the Lord, you have to call people brother and sister. But anyway, I remember calling my mom and said, "I said, Mom, so so Sister Edith." And she goes, "Sister Edith, what is that? A palm reader?" I said, "No, no, no. That's the way people call people that in church where I go. You know, another thing I'd encourage you to do. So first of all, that's a very serious thing. If you've done that, and you might have not even realized you were doing something wrong, right? Like, yeah, This is just fun. What can be wrong with this? The Bible says, don't do it. There's spirits that there can people. Be used of the Spirit. Remember that Paul had this fortune teller following him around in the New Testament. She was following him around. It was a fortune teller and uh, using that Spirit. And it says Paul cast that thing out of her. Remember that? God says, stay away from those things. Secondly, I'd get rid of any occult objects uh, or symbols in your house. You know, you shouldn't have anything that just doesn't glorify God. I remember we were in Alaska recently. And um, there are totem poles everywhere. They sell totem poles you can take home. You can take a little totem pole. You can buy a bigger totem pole, have it shipped to you. But you know, totem poles are used as objects of worship. And as nice as it might be, I don't want one in my house. As beautiful as it might be, I don't want one in my house because it represents worship of other gods. I don't want it in there. Amen. Are y'all with me? I don't want anything that's associated with that object in my house. I want my house to be clean. I remember when we got married, uh, when, when I got married and my wife and, you know, we were going through some stuff and she, she got out some old, some plates that she had that she, I, they were probably worth quite a bit of money. And I'm looking at that and going, wait a second, something just strikes me strange about it. And we're thinking, through, she goes, oh, these are Aztec designs and this represents the sun god and da-da-da-da. I'm like, Nope. <laughs> so we got rid of those nice plates right and and we didn't sell them to somebody else to put in their house either right you know what i mean so you get rid of that kind of stuff right if there's something occultic don't get it in your house you have some kind of wrong videos i mean i'm just thinking hey you know we have i don't know how many videos i was thinking maybe you look look we should look through them and make sure there's not any kind of crazy one there, new agey kind of something or witchy kind of something, because I believe too, uh, watching wrong TV programs can cause you to open up a door to spirits in your life. You can watch a TV program and then you can begin to have evil dreams. You can begin to have things bothering you. You can begin to open up your life to spiritual things just because you saw the wrong movie and you whatever was inspired when that movie was done it transmitted to you a message and a spirit and it just you opened up a door to it people watch things that don't glorify god sexual movies sexually explicit things well you know no don't do that don't watch that movies that are demonic why would anybody want to watch a movie that glorifies the demonic I can't figure out why anybody wants to watch a movie that's going to scare them half to death. I mean, why do you, are you serious? Why do you want to even do that? You're watching a movie made to make you have horror, a horror movie. Oh, let's go experience horror tonight. Y'all want to, you know, that's the crazy thought, isn't it? Movies that glorify witchcraft. Oh, it's just fun. Man, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. You may want to think about that. It's glorifying witchcraft, not glorifying God. Glorifying the new age. You know, and I always say this, don't go, I just watch it because it's got a great storyline. Of course it does. Right? Of course it does. Oh, it's just fun. I don't really mean anything by it. Of course you just mean it for fun. But you see, the Bible says we're not ignorant of how he works. You need to wise up and you need to realize, even though you might not have intended it for evil, that the enemy will certainly use it for evil if you give him an open door. Amen. So I just want to encourage you in those three things. I think I wanted to mention that because so many people open the door in these areas and they don't think it's important. And I believe it definitely is. I wouldn't mess around with things that are demonic, that glorify the demonic, that glorify Satan. Oh, my gracious. And I just tell you, you know, I know everybody, Man, eh, nah, nah. I can't stand Halloween. Oh, it's just fun. You know what? I tell you, in fact, you, tell, you watch people who are Satanists who've come out of that, they'll go, it's unbelievable when I gave my life to Christ. And I found that people celebrate this. It says, but of course, people are doing it unawares. It's such a fun holiday, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? And I, yes, I understand you can dress up as a sheep and go to a church party. I'm, I'm just saying, I'd be very careful about how you participate in things because you don't want to do something that's given the devil an open door in your life, right? Amen. Um. So renounce anything where you've given an open door or where you might've felt some of your ancestors did, you know, sometimes you can recognize we've got a problem in my family, man, I've got, I had this problem. It could be mental problems. It could be emotional problems. It could be sickness. It could be sin, repetitive sin problems Did you like, man, um, my great granddad, I mean, he lived in adultery. Then did it, did it, or it could be a number of different things. And you begin to go, wait a second. I've had that issue in my life. Maybe there's a spiritual root to it. Anyway, renounce not only sin in your life, but maybe even in things that have gone before you. God, I won't have anything to do with that part of, of my family or whatever's happened in my, I want to be set free from that. Any kind of way that might have influenced me. Secondly, then put your faith in Christ for forgiveness. God will forgive you and cleanse you, cleanse you. The Bible says if you confess sins, God not only forgives you, but he cleanses you from them. So you put your faith in Christ for that. Then I would plead my case in the courts of heaven by just saying, God, I thank you, Lord, for your cleansing. And I just declare today um, that the blood of Jesus is over my life. Before the courts of heaven, he has no right anymore in any part of my life. I'd bring my case before the court of heaven and I'd ask God to rule on my favor and that he would have no place. Are you all with me? You know, it's really interesting. We'll get into this another day. But you see there, you can bring your case before the court of heaven and you can see that's done in the scripture where, where people come before God. God, look at this and you judge. And praise God, it's so amazing. We can be cleansed from our sins and dumb things we've done, mistakes we've made. And we can go to God. He'll clean, clean us and cover us with the blood of Jesus. And then we are guiltless and the devil has no legal right to touch us once that happens. And then, of course, you should command Satan out of your life anywhere you believe He might be, right? Because the Bible says you've been given authority, all right? But let me just mention this pertaining to these repetitive issues and curses that I've mentioned where they are. Some of them are in Deuteronomy. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ redeems us from the curse that results from disobedience to the law. Disobedience to God's law, God the truth. By becoming a curse for us, He redeemed us in order that the blessing promised to Abraham would come to the Gentiles, which is us. Amen. God redeemed you. He paid the price for the curse that comes from disobedience that was upon us for that to be broken, that we might be free and be blessed with the blessings of Abraham. Is that not amazing? Praise God. And then, and then we see the second thing, which we'll probably stop with this one. Um, we saw Satan inspires men against God. We saw that last week, right? You have these, these Sabaeans who, Satan inspired these men to rob Job, to kill his servants. I mean, it looked just like, well, what a bad thing just happened to have happened. No, the hedge was broken down. And then Satan inspired people to do specific things against Job. That's really crazy. But you see, you you need to begin to recognize how he works. What do we learn there? Satan can inspire evil men to do evil things. And anytime there's a place in somebody's heart that they have yielded to something, that is an open door for inspiration from the demonic. Any area in your life that is unsubmitted to God, it's an open door for the enemy to inspire you, tempt you, push you to do certain things and get you to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Anyway, but as far as we see that in life, we see, you know, people, you ever had somebody you like, why do they just keep gossiping about me? Why are they attacking me all the time? Any of you ever had that? Why are they always saying something behind my back? Why are they always telling my friends negative things about me? Why is this? You see, I believe a lot of a lot of times that's inspired. Uh, And there's so many little stories in the Bible about this kind of thing. Uh, You know, you got Joseph, Daniel, David, all of these people had things that were against them to try to bring them down to keep them from being blessed and being where God wanted them to be. You see, the devil used people to bring these people down. Y'all remember what happened with Joseph? Got a great calling on his life. What happened? His brothers hated him. His brothers couldn't stand him. Why? They were inspired by the wrong inspiration. And guess what did they, they do? They threw him in the pit. They threw Joseph in the pit. That had to be one of the most painful things, I believe, for Joseph. He's going, my own brothers. Here I am. I'm coming. To I'm so excited about what God's doing. I've been telling them, hey, I had this dream. Hey, I was there and you guys were there. And then this man, it was so exciting. And his guys are going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His guys are watching him. He's the father's pet, you know, the... Uh, the the favorite, so to speak, he's he's not even pained. He doesn't realize how that's hitting them. He's just walking around, not even thinking about that. Right? His brothers hate him, for it. And they cast him into a pit. Some of them, some of his brothers were going to kill him, and other ones are going, no, let's not do that. Let's sell him and makes the money off of him. So they sold him. Think about being Joseph and what just happened to you. Could any of you guys have something worse than that happen? Were you rejected at that level by your own family? Who's not just doing bad things against you? Uh, They almost killed you because just they don't like you. And they ended up selling you to make money off of you. And now your life has gone in a terrible direction because some kind of crazy something just happened. Right? And look at Daniel. Daniel had people come against him, all of the people that worked with Daniel. You think about that. Um, I, was, um, I was sitting downstairs. There used to be a couch in that room. And I was sitting there one day, and out of the blue, the word of the Lord came to me and, and said, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about this. Who betrayed San, uh, David? Excuse me. Who betrayed Daniel? And by the way, um, I'm curious. Do you all know who betrayed Daniel? Y'all remember that when he was thrown into the lion's den? You remember? Uh, anyway, I'll just tell you what, what happened. Now, I'll give the story away. Um, but I'm sitting there and I'm going, um, the other two governors, Daniel was a governor. The other two governors got upset at him and, and they plotted and they got him thrown into the lion's den. When I answered the other two governors, I knew I was wrong. I don't know how the Holy Spirit. I mean, I just knew I was wrong. So I go to the I go to the Bible, and I'm reading about the other two governors, and it's not just the other two governors; it's all the people that were serving under Daniel too. That's the craziest thing: the other two governors and all the people under Daniel, the, those satraps, they were against David, uh, Daniel too. And I'm going, wow, that's the craziest thing. They all conspired against him. And they trapped him in his servants, service to the Lord, got him thrown in the lion's den. is that not crazy? Who inspired them to do that? The one who hates Daniel. Satan. The one who hates the call of God on Daniel. Satan. The one who hates what Daniel's called to do and wants to stop it, wants to stop Daniel from being used in the future. He's plotting against him because he knows he's, if I can't pull him down, look at what he's going to do. You see, that happened with David. David is serving. He's got the best heart, serving King Saul, and Saul begins to be jealous about David because David's really doing a great job, and everybody's noticing you know, they sang, Saul's killed it. All the women are singing that. They come back to battle. Saul's killed his thousands. David is 10,000. It actually wasn't as negative as it sounds. It, it was like it, it, we're going from glory to glory, you know. But what happens, Saul, that evil spirit begins to take that jealousy, begins to speak to him. He begins to see David with a negative eye. You see how what's going on? The devil is... Speaking to Saul, turning him more and more against David. And then what happens? One day, it grows and grows. One day, Saul, it just, that spirit comes on him. He takes the spear. He throws it at David. And David's like, what's up with you, right? Why'd you do this? You are crazy, (laughs) right? Actually, he didn't say that. He was thinking that. He ran away because he's going, this guy's crazy. I can't kill him, right? Right? I think I'll stop on this right here because I won't have, have time to finish this point but I want you to think about this all of these people look at look at this Joseph Daniel David all of these people were attacked by others that when you do what's right in spiritual warfare God will always use the tack that's against you to bring you into your greatest promotions. You see, the devil intends to bring you down through the attacks. And if you respond in the flesh, anger, being vengeful, the devil's going, I got him. If you respond with spiritual weapons that Paul told you about, which are often not the easy ones to use, like forgiving, loving, all those kind of things, praying for, if you'll do things right, God will use what the devil meant for evil. And get this, the devil means something for evil. Are y'all with me? Right now, and if you don't see it now, you will before you're, you know, but I mean, it just happens. He means something for evil. But God says he will turn it for good. And the greatest trials, I promise you, if you do right, they're going to be the source of your greatest promotions and blessings. That's hard to understand, but that's such a truth. And without those trials that come our way, that we overcome, we could never be promoted to the place that God wants us to be. Isn't that a crazy thing? But you got to learn how to war God's way Quit doing things your way. You've got to recognize also when you're attacked, you've got to engage. You've got to do things God's way and watch. If you do things God's way, you're going to change. It's not easy, but you change. And when it's over, you're a different person and God promotes you to a different place. Happened to everybody, right? Didn't it happen to Joseph? Joseph gets this trial. He's working the right heart in his life. He changes His life changes. He is so loving toward his brother. He he blesses his brothers at the end. But guess what? God promotes him. Amen. It settled at the beginning, but he had to walk through the process. So I just want to encourage you wherever you are today. Do things God's way. And watch what happens. It's spiritual warfare. Are you going to give in? You're going to do it according to your way, your flesh. What makes you feel good? You're going to get angry. You're going to get self-righteous. You're going to, oh, well, I, yes, but he deserves me to be. Okay, go ahead. You're going to lose. You're not going to be what God's going to, you're not going to get that promotion God had in mind for you. <laughs> are you all with me? You let go, put it in God's hands. Love, do what God says. Amen. Oh, Father, we want to thank you so much for the Word of God that teaches us how to get victory, teaches us how to win, teaches us how to go forward, teaches us how to overcome. Lord, um, your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, sometimes we want to handle things in our own wisdom, with our own uh, ways of maybe manipulating a situation or or doing something unethically. Or, But Father, you have the right ways, and you said that if we do things your way, God, the end result is going to be a greater blessing. And so, Lord, we thank you for this, God. We thank you that you reward us for doing right. And God, we thank you that you're teaching us how to win in battle, win in warfare to get the enemy out of every aspect of our hearts, our minds, our lives, our finances, our health, whatever, wherever he is, it's our territory. Lord, we're going to possess our territory and we're going to drive him out. And Father, we just pray right now you'd also link arms that that we would be able to link arms with other believers. And Lord, we pray in our church, God, let there be an greater strengthening and a linking of arms so that we might be able to fight this corporate battle together and and expand into the territory you've called us to possess in jesus name amen